Hello, welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me at livetoone110.com and go check out the new mineralpower.com. That's my healing and detox program that I've used to detox hundreds of clients and myself, my child. It's a very, very effective program to you know increase your energy, to reduce brain fog, and just to generally improve your life and get your life back. Today we have Emily Fletcher on the podcast. She is amazing. I met her at the Bulletproof Conference and she's an expert on meditation. And today we're going to be talking about the benefits of meditation and why you want to start meditating today to improve your performance, improve your mood, improve your sleep. There are just so many benefits. And this is a really fun podcast. I really enjoyed it. Emily has a lot of energy and she's very positive. She's just a very light spirit and uh, really happy to share this podcast with you today. Please keep in mind that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It's for informational purposes only. So please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in anything that we suggest today on the show. And I'm going to be start doing I'm going to start doing something pretty fun on the podcast. I want to give you guys a little detox tip, a little detox fact. Um, on every podcast from here on out. As you guys know, I'm very passionate about detoxification and educating people about the dangers of heavy metal toxicity. Um, The fact for today is about uranium. In Southern California, and this is a warning for anyone that lives in Southern California, Northern California as well, there's also other pockets of the country uh, that have uranium toxicity. But in Southern California, uh, uranium is in the tap water. I had my tap water checked after I discovered I had uranium on my hair mineral analyses. And uh, you can only see uh, uranium on a hair test from Trace Elements. Um, I think Doctors Data does them too, but I prefer Trace Elements Labs. And uh, found uranium. I thought, hmm, where is that coming from? And I checked my tap water, lo and behold, there's uranium in the tap water. And I noticed that many of my clients, almost all of them, a very large percentage of them uh, that live in Southern California also have uranium toxicity as well. And it's bad because it causes cancer and it also causes diabetes. Uh, The more uranium toxic uh, my clients are, they usually uh, or almost always have diabetes or uh, pretty severe blood sugar issues. Um, So uranium is uh, very, very toxic. I've seen it in a lot of children as well. And my problem or my conundrum at first was that I have always, since I was a teenager, drank bottled water. I never have drank from the tap. I've always been very scared, just intuitively, of tap water, especially in Los Angeles and uh, where I used to live in San Diego. Um, So I was absorbing it in the shower. And so now I've gotten a whole house filter from Pure Effects. Um, those are the water filters that I recommend because uh, they do filter out uranium. And I also have one at my tap as well. I got that first, so I actually don't need that anymore now that I have a whole house filter. But just want to give you guys a little word of caution there. You need to be very careful about the water that you're drinking and showering in. So let's get on with the show. Uh, Emily Fletcher is the founder of Ziva Meditation and the creator of ZivaMind.com, the world's first online meditation training. She's a leading expert in the field who has helped over 1,500 people become self-sufficient meditators. 
Emily discovered this practice during her 10-year career on Broadway, which included roles in Chicago, The Producers, and A Chorus Line. She experienced its immense physical and mental benefits during a high-stress time in her career. And transformed by her practice, she traveled to uh, Rishikesh, India, to begin her years of training to become a teacher. With her high-performance background and intensive meditation training, Emily helps successful individuals integrate meditation with their fast-paced modern lives. Emily has spoken at Harvard Business School, Summit Series, Awesomeness Fest, and the Omega Institute. Even innovative companies like Google, Coca-Cola, Barclays Bank, Viacom, Relativity Media, and Sweetgreen have all invited her to up-level company performance through meditation. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. What a delight to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, why don't you tell the listeners, you know, a little bit about why you became a meditation teacher? So I have a bit of a weird journey from Broadway showgirl to meditation teacher, even though you can't tell it right now with my no makeup and wet hair, but I used to be very fancy back in my day. (laughs) Um, But I was basically living my dream, like doing the thing I wanted to do since I was eight years old and miserable. Uh, I think that when I was a little girl, I thought that once I got on Broadway, my whole life was going to be sunshine and roses. And instead it was girls eating tuna fish out of their can and and like complaining about their bunions. And it's like, wait, this is not my dream. And uh, it was very confusing to me why I was doing the thing I had always wanted to do. But, um, pretty miserable because I was um, I was understudying three of the lead roles, which basically means that you show up to the theater and have no idea who you're going on for. Um, sometimes they would switch me from one character to the other. I would just be chilling in my dressing room doing my taxes and they would say, Emily Fletcher to the stage. And I would start panicking, grab three costumes, run down seven flights of stairs, and sometimes be on stage before I knew which role I was playing. Um, Some people are very good at that. I'm not one of them. Uh, I didn't love that constant anxiety of not knowing what was going to happen. And it, it started to wear on my body. I started going gray at 26. I started having insomnia for about 18 months. I couldn't sleep through the night. And I started getting injured quite a bit. And after a while, I just didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel like the version of me that moved to New York City, believing that I could do whatever I wanted to do. So thankfully, this girl sitting next to me in the dressing room had a harder job than I did. She was understudying five of the leads, and this woman was rocking it. I mean, every song she did, she sang was a celebration, and every dance she did was a celebration, and every bite of food, like literally every bite of food seemed like a celebration. I was like, girl, what do you know that I don't know? She said, I meditate. I was like, come on, you know, because this is almost 10 years ago, and people weren't really talking about it then like they are now, and... I was like, how can that, how can you sitting quietly in a chair, wasting your time help with this level of stress and anxiety? And she was like, no, it helps my concentration, my performance anxiety, my, my immune function. So I didn't believe her. So I just kept being miserable and going great and having insomnia. And then finally I felt so embarrassed about my performance that I had to try something. So I went along with this intro to meditation talk, liked what I heard, signed up for this four day course. And on the first day of the first course I was meditating Uh, which I had no idea really what that meant, but I was in a different state of consciousness than I had ever been before, and I liked it. And then that night I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months. Wow. Yeah, and I have every night since, and that was almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Then I stopped getting sick, stopped getting injured, started enjoying my job again, 
And then I actually stopped going gray as well. I'm 36 now. I was 26 when I started learning. And I have like two gray hairs now. I was legitimately going gray when I started. And so that's crazy to me. But basically, but the big thing was that I started enjoying my job again. And I started performing better. Um, so much so that I said to myself, why does everybody not do this? So I left Broadway in 2009, went to India and started what became a three-year training process to teach this. Wow. And, and I opened up Ziva Meditation here in New York and LA and started the world's first online meditation training called Ziva Mind. Mm -hmm. And it's been the best, most rewarding, most creative thing I've ever done. And you were at the Bulletproof Conference this year, correct? I was. Yeah, I got to speak at the Bulletproof Conference and I was on, on Bulletproof Radio, which was really fun. And it's funny, I, I didn't, I had no idea, but it turns out that like biohackers are really my sweet spot. <laughs> like I really, I think it's because people who are already in the land of optimizing their performance, they already understand that the body knows what it's doing. We just have to set it up for success. Yeah. You know, I think even with detoxing, it's like body knows how to clean itself, but we have to stop toxifying ourselves so we can give it a fighting chance of cleaning out. And meditation is, is quite similar. Yeah. 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 And I've been meditation for a number of, meditating for a number of years and I can't tell you how much it's helped me and I recommend it to all my clients. It's so important, but I really like the structure of your program and the simplicity of it. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Ziva Meditation? Sure. So the way, um, basically the reason why I made Ziva meditation was because I want, I found this tool that helped me so much that I felt compelled and really inspired to share it with others. But then what started happening is, um, that so many of my students were saying, Hey, Emily, this thing has really changed my life, but my mom lives in Idaho or, Hey, I really want to share this with my brother-in-law, but he lives in Zurich. You know, what do I do? And, and what I realized is that there's, you know, billions of people on the planet earth that don't have access to a teacher. And so I made Ziva Mind, which um, is basically an eight day program. It's 20 minutes a day uh, for eight consecutive days. And each day builds upon the previous day's knowledge. So it really is a matriculation. And the idea there is that I like to train people to become self-sufficient. I like to give people the keys to the car. I like to teach them how to turn it on and to give them the driving instructions so that they don't need me anymore. Mm -hmm. I really believe that any teaching worth its salt is something that makes you self-sufficient. And some people would say like, this is not a great business plan, but I actually think that it is. I think any healer, if their heart is in the right place, it's like, let me give you the tools and then you fly, you know? And, and that's really what, what Ziva Mind is. It's designed to make people self-sufficient so that they have a meditation practice that they can do every day, anytime, anywhere, because meditation is only as good as the amount of times that you meditate. Yes. You know, like showering is only as effective as if you're willing to shower every day. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing with meditation. You know, sometimes it's glorious and it feels great. Um, but some days it's just a boring shower. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing with meditation. Sometimes it's amazing and gurus and unicorns and lollipops. And a lot of times it's just a boring meditation. But you do it every day because it has this profound impact on your performance capabilities in the rest of mm -hmm. your life. So that's really Ziva Mind. It's eight days. And at the end of it, people have a practice to take with them for life. And then there's also some guided visualizations. One is called um, Ziva Performance to help people in high demand situations. Mm -hmm. One is Ziva Travels to help people with jet lag. So it's something they can do takeoff and landing and even with um, you know anxiety around travel. And there's Ziva Sleeps, which is to help with insomnia because I know firsthand how torturous insomnia is. Mm -hmm. And then there's Ziva Release, which is really there 
for the inevitable, uh, what I like to call unstressing that happens when people start a meditation practice. I thought about writing a, a book called The Dark Side of Meditation because this is something that people don't talk about too much. And again, it's not a great sales pitch, but I think it's important for people to know is that for most people, when they start a meditation pra practice, and I'm sure your, your people will be very familiar with this, anytime you start a detox, you know, usually there's some junk that starts to come up and out. And, and meditation is no different. When, when most people start a practice, there tends to be a bit of old tiredness or a bit of old sadness or some old anxiety that will start to come up and out. And that's really my job is to help people through that. And so I created a guided visualization called Ziva Release, which is just really there to be like a virtual hug and for me to hold people's hands when I can't actually be there to hold their hands. Mm -hmm. And we also have a really beautiful online community um, that I created so that people feel support, not only from me, but from the other thousands of Ziva Minders around the world. Because mm -hmm. um, I answer every question that people post in our online forum, but it's also nice to get feedback from other people I feel like when you're going through something with others, you feel a little less crazy and a little less alone, a little more willing to commit. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important because I view meditation kind of as an emotional detox where yes. you're able to like it's a release um, you know, any kind of negative emotions you have. And people that who've had trauma in the past or whatnot can really a lot of stuff can come up for them. But it, it's very important. It's very important to uh, you know, let that flow through and out of you. I 100% agree. And, and to that point, I would I do recommend that people who have um, been through pretty extreme trauma or people who are actively dealing with PTSD, um, I would really recommend that they have um, a support system or a therapist uh, in place, something someone that they trust before they start any type of meditation training, but especially Ziva Mind because it is online. Um, I just want to make sure that people have that support system. I mean, we have it online, but I have no way of making sure that someone finishes the program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when big trauma can start to come up and out, sometimes you just really need a hug. Yeah, And yeah. so I encourage people to just, you know, tell their roommate, tell their sister, tell your best friend, that, hey, I'm, I'm doing a bit of a mental, emotional detox this week. I might need a little extra love. Um, and, and I think it's very good to take care of the body, of the physical body, while the soul is healing. I liken meditation to like a facial for your soul. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually you're going to look better, but you might have a little breakdown here yeah. and there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So what style of meditation is it that you teach? So what I teach is basically... Um, it's like a self-induced transcendence style of meditation, which is a fancy way of saying it's kind of like taking a nap. <laughs> you know, this style of meditation is like a supercharged power nap where you get to induce um, a verifiable fourth state of consciousness. So what do I mean when I say verifiable? I mean that if you were to hook your brain up to an EEG machine, there's eight classic points on the right brain and eight classic points on the left. And in waking, sleeping, and dreaming states of consciousness, right and left brains are functioning separately from each other. But in the state of consciousness that you access in this style of meditation, all 16 leads of EEG rise and fall in unison, mm. which is, I think, a pretty cool party trick. But people are like, why would I care? Why would I want my EEG leads to rise and fall in unison? And I would argue that everyone should because the left brain is in charge of the past and the future. It's in charge of critical thought, analytical thought, math, balancing our checkbooks, um, but for most of us, the left brain has gotten a little out of balance. You know, we think, take action, achieve, make money so we can be happy in the future. And our poor little right brains tend to atrophy over time. And the right brain is the piece of us that's in charge of the right now. 
present moment awareness, intuition, color, connectedness, creative problem solving, all of these things are, are right brain phenomenon. And if you look at a human brain, it actually splits right down the middle, you know, 50-50. And I don't think that nature makes mistakes. I don't think that nature would have given us 50-50 if it wanted us to use 90-10. Yeah. So in this style of meditation that I teach, we're really taking the right brain to the gym. So it starts to increase brain cohesion. You start to light up the whole brain at the same time, which is what ultimately increases your performance capabilities. Mm-hmm. I'm of the mindset that we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation, because no one really cares if you're a good meditator. <laughs> Um, but everybody cares if you're good at life. And, and one of the things that, one of the reasons why meditation makes you better at life is that you start to balance out, okay, well, yes, I have this critical mind. Yes, I can review the past and rehearse the future, but I'm equally balancing that with my present moment awareness, my, with my intuition and with my creative problem solving. And, and if you look at, you know, the really hyper successful people in the world, they tend to be the people that can do both. You know, the, the people that are not just totally, you know, so artistic creative that they can't balance their checkbook and then conversely it's not someone that's so worried about all the details that they can't have any space for creative download yeah so that's what I like is the balance so basically it's you're inducing this fourth state of consciousness which is different than waking sleeping or dreaming but the benefit really comes from the deep rest that you get inside of that meditation rest that's about five times deeper than sleep So it's basically like a supercharged power nap. And then on the other side of that meditation, you don't have a sleep hangover because you've been producing different chemicals in your brain than sleep chemicals. And so a 20 minute meditation or what we do in Ziva Mind is about 15 minutes. So it's, if it's five times deeper than sleep, I'm not great at math, but I think that's about an an hour. It's like about an hour nap. Yeah, yeah. I I read that that's fascinating that doing 20 minutes of meditation equals an hour, two hours of sleep, whatever the the equation is. Um, Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. That's so important for so many people that are getting six hours. They're just so busy. They can't get enough sleep. It's critically important. I 100% agree because as you know, like sleep is a great time to detox, mm-hmm. right? If we're not giving the body the rest that it needs and it's not getting rid of all those toxins in the way that it's meant. And so, and most of us are feeling so exhausted and then we're just caffeinating our way through it, which is exacerbating the problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas the meditation actually gives you a sustainable form of rest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't <laughs> stress that enough, hilariously, um, that, you know, oh, mm, a lot of problems we try to solve um, externally, you know, mm-hmm. well, I'm feeling stressed, so let me smoke a joint, or I'm feeling social anxiety, so let me drink more, or I'm feeling tired, so let me caffeinate more. And my personal view on drugs is that if the pros outweigh the cons, then have fun. But, you know, I think you've got to know what those cons are. I think you have to really understand what everything you put in your body is costing you yeah. in the near and the long term. And, and what I find with meditation is that it gives you this hit of energy, but it's not really costing you much. It might cost you the 15 minutes twice a day, but it also makes your sleep more efficient. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is pretty fascinating is that if you use, you know, cause the way I meditate is that it's twice a day. So you do it in the morning before breakfast and then at some point before your evening meal, like in that mid afternoon slot. Um, but if you use those two meditation times as a time for stress release, your body can actually start to use your sleep as a time for sleep, which what happens is if you, if you use body data monitoring devices, people's sleep usually gets much deeper after only a few days of meditating, which in turn makes it more efficient. So whereas you might have used to have needed eight, nine, ten hours of sleep before feeling rested, 
once you start a meditation practice, most people report that even after five or six hours, they feel pretty rested. Mm, wow, that's amazing. That yeah. is, that's fascinating. And mm-hmm. But can you OD on meditation? Because I, I've had a couple of clients, one who's an Indian client, and she went to a meditation uh, weekend where they meditated for like 10 hours a day. <laughs> I know in India, they're go, you know, doing, you know, going hardcore. <laughs> yeah. With the meditation, so is I that think- too much or... It depends. I think if you're in a retreat style setting, like that's what retreats are for. And that would be very similar to doing like some sort of a fast or a a very intense cleanse where it's like, Hey, I've, I've, you know, constructed my life for these next few days where I'm not really having much inflow. I'm just all about outflow. And, and I think that meditation retreats do serve their purpose. Um, what I teach is, is meant to be integrated into your life. So, you know, people will talk about Vipassana or some people call it Vipassana retreats where it's 10 days silent retreats. You're not reading, you're not making eye contact, you're not speaking, and you're sitting in meditation for five to 10 hours a day. Um, now, that has a relevant role. And a lot of people report lots of insights that will happen in the last five to 10 days. If they can make it through the first four without losing their minds or leaving, then the end of it tends to be quite nice. But the trick is that what most people report is by the time they're home on the 405 or by the time they've gotten through the Lincoln tunnel, they're honking the horn and flipping people off again (laughs) Um, because it's not really designed to be integrated into your daily life. Whereas what I teach was actually designed for people with busy minds and busy lives. So it's the type of meditation that is, is meant to be put into your everyday practice, into your, you know, with kids and job and traffic and bosses and deadlines, because it gives you like a little bit more ease, a little bit more connection to that calm, quiet, inner contentedness, a little bit more rest and relaxation and creativity. But you're, it's like you're topping up your tank of gas every day, twice a day, um, which is different than going away for a retreat. But to answer your actual question, yes, you can OD on meditation. Um, And what that looks like usually is that you're crying in a corner and you're not able to leave your house because it's like it kicks up too much old stress. And then I I don't recommend it. So we basically want to stick to like the 15 minutes twice a day program. One of my favorite quotes is that prayer is like talking to God and meditation is listening to God. Mm. That's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Profound. Uh, But so what are some of the common misconceptions about meditation? Oh, man. Okay. The big one is that people think that the point of meditation is to give their mind a command to stop thinking, mm-hmm. right? They think, oh, well, I missed the day in school where they taught everyone to meditate and everyone else already secretly knows how. So I'm already a failure because I don't already magically know how to do the skill that I've never been taught how to do. But somewhere through my yoga class or through listening to some free YouTube video, I learned that the point was to clear my mind. (laughs) So, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to meditate. And then they sit down and they close their eyes and like, okay, brain, stop thinking. (laughs) Well, I sure would like a snack. (laughs) Wait, that's a thought. Oh, wait, now I'm thinking about how I'm thinking. Yeah. No, 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 I'm thinking about how I'm thinking about how I'm thinking. Oh my God, I'm the worst meditator in the land and I quit. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I have definitely have like gotten that message before. <laughs> yeah, and it feels frustrating, right? Because then you feel like you're a failure and that you're not able to do this magical meditation thing that everyone else in the world says is so great and is so good for you. And then the thing is, we humans will not do things for very long that we feel like we're failing at. And then we quit. 
right? And and it makes me sad actually, because then I feel like people have potentially robbed themselves of a lifetime of bliss and fulfillment. And and I would argue that meditation is like any other skill. You know, it takes a bit of practice, it takes a good teacher, and then it's really easy. You know, it's like any other skill. If like I think it's so silly when people say, like, yeah, I'm gonna do a meditation challenge. It's like, well, do you know how to meditate? Or like, no. Like, why would you do that? Then? And it'd be like, let's do a 21 day Japanese challenge. And every day for 20 minutes a day, we're all going to speak Japanese. Now, if you don't know how to speak Japanese, that's a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah. And, and it's the same with meditation. I think, you know, it's like, we got to let ourselves be beginners before we expect ourselves to be experts. So that's the first one is that we think that the point is to give the mind a command to stop thinking. But here's the news. Mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily. So giving the mind a command to stop thinking is as effective as trying to give the heart a command to stop beating. doesn't work. Imagine how silly it would be to sit in a chair and say, okay, I'm going to meditate. And then you're like, okay, nails, stop growing. Like that's not up to you. And so similarly in meditation, we're not up to, at least in the style that I teach, we're not interested in controlling the mind. We're not interested in giving it a, a command to flatline. What we're interested in is inducing that deep rest and de-exciting the nervous system in a way that creates order. And, and the, the tool that we use to do that are, are mantras. Um, and the mantras that we use are meaningless primordial sounds, but it's the sound quality of these mantras that helps to de-excite the nervous system. And when you de-excite the nervous system, you create order. And when you create order in your body, this lifetime of accumulated stresses can start to leave the body. And that's what allows us to, to perform better in our waking state. I would argue that it has nothing to do with how many or few thoughts you're having. It has to do with the, the level and the quality of rest that you're getting so that you're more awake and, and more productive on the other side. Yeah, I've been in yoga classes where it ends in some meditation and uh, the whole class will be doing the OM kind of vibration. It's incredibly powerful and incredibly unlifting and relaxing and de-stressing at the same time. It's amazing. Yeah, beautiful. So um, are there any other misconceptions about meditation you want to talk mm-hmm. about? Yes, I would say that one big one is that we think, okay, well, I've started meditating now, and so I shouldn't ever feel angry. Or I'm meditating now, so I should never feel sad. Mm-hmm. Or I'm meditating, so I should never have another problem. And I'm, that's not true. Like, meditation is not magic. It's not a magic wand. It's not a magic pill. It's, it's a stress-relieving tool. And I think the reason why we have those misconceptions is that we see people who are meditators, and we're like, whoa, she looks really beautiful and bright and happy and calm and collected and she handles things really elegantly and it seems like everything's always going her way but there's a reason why that's happening and it's not because that human isn't feeling anything mm-hmm. um, what I find is that meditation allows you to feel things more fully um, more deeply actually which allows you to move faster into the new now mm-hmm. right it's like the more you can bring this stuff up and out the more quickly you can bring yourself into the new present moment and 99.9% of the time, we're fine. You know, if you're watching this podcast on your MacBook Air, like you're fine. You're drowning in abundance. You have a place to sleep. You have food to eat. You have people who love you. You may have had some shitty things happen to you in your life. And that's okay. That's part of being a human. Um, but the reason why I think we have this misconception about meditators is that 99% of the time, if they are in the present moment, they're fine. 
Mm. Right. It, it, the thing is, if we don't have proper tools to alleviate stress, and if something happens to us, then we start to shut down. We go into fight or flight. Um, the body then goes into some level of PTSD. So we're carrying each trauma with us into all of our new present moments. Whereas the thing I like about meditation is that it just allows you to not only handle the new traumas and stresses that happen more effectively, but release all of the old ones that have happened already. Um, and, and I, I find that it's like, it's not that you don't get sad or you don't get angry. It's like, you just feel it, you feel it fully and then you move through it. Yeah. And you create a new perspective because the majority of fear is anticipation of a future event or thinking about a past event. And you can, you, it's a practice to learn to let that go. Yes. 100%. And you know, that's basically the art of mindfulness, which is different than what I teach, but I would call mindfulness, you know, the art of bringing yourself into the present moment. What I have found is that as you meditate, which I would, I would define as like a very intense stress relieving tool. As you rid your body of those stresses, you become more mindful as a result. You now have a fighting chance of being present in the right now because your body is not riddled with PTSD and constant fight or flight. Yeah. 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 So can you explain exactly how meditation helps to improve performance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to talk about. That's really, you know, what we love to, um, help people with at Ziva is, is people who are coming to meditation who want to perform at the top of their game. Uh, and that includes everything from the boardroom to the bedroom to being on stage or being a mom. Because most of us want to perform at the top of our game. And I would say that secretly, that's why all of us come to meditation. You know, none of us do it because we want to be the best meditator in the land. We come to it mostly selfishly because we want to either look hotter or, you know, be healthier or make more money or run our company more effectively. And, and the reason why meditation helps with that is actually because it's it's letting go of stress in the nervous system. So let me talk about what stress does in the body um, because I think it's relevant to talk about performance. So if we want to understand how and why stress impacts the body, we've got to go back in time a few thousand years and say we're hunting and gathering and like a saber-toothed tiger jumps out at us. Well, when we get stressed and we launch into that fight or flight stress reaction, body launches into a series of chemical reactions. Digestion floods with acid because we can't afford to use that energy digesting food. We need that energy to handle the predatory attack. That same acid seeps onto your skin so that you don't taste very good if you get bitten into by the tiger. Your blood thickens and coagulates so that if you get bitten into, you don't bleed to death. Your vision goes from here to here so that you're not distracted from your opponent. Bladder and bowels evacuate so that you're light on your feet. And your immune system goes to the back burner because who cares if you're going to get cancer if you're about to be killed by a tiger? Yeah. Again, we need all hands on deck to fight or flee this thing right now. Uh, also, adrenaline levels increase and cortisol levels increase, which these are stress chemicals and they're very acidic in nature. And they deal, you know, it's, it's not cute what adrenaline and cortisol do to the body over time. It's infertility and erectile dysfunction and premature aging and balding and belly fat, like like it's not great. Um, it's the equivalent of dumping acid into your body all day, every day. That's what staying stressed does to the body. So basically this series of chemical reactions is, is very relevant. It's very good for you. If your demands are saber tooth tigers, if your demands are in-laws and flying and deadlines and breakups and traffic, then this, this fight or flight stress reaction has become maladaptive and it's now disallowing us from performing at the top of our game. So here's how that applies to performance. 
If your body is spending a lot of its mental and physical energy preparing for an imaginary tiger attack, then you do not have all of your faculties available to you for the present moment. Mm -hmm. If your body is preparing for something that isn't actually happening, like a predatory attack, then you are not present to you know, come back with a witty retort to your boyfriend who you're fighting with. You are not available to come up with a creative solution to your boss who is yelling at you. You don't have the bandwidth to figure out an alternative route off of the highway when you see that there's an accident ahead because you just don't have your full computing power. When, when the body is stressed, it's equivalent to having a, a computer open with a lot of windows open. Actually, interesting fact, by the time we're 20 years old, most of us have something around 10 million PCCs, which is a precognitive commitment, which is just like a little open window on our brain computer. And if you think of, I mean, imagine having 10 million open windows on your computer and then going to type an email and the cursor would be so far behind. You'd be like, oh, stupid computer, can't even type an email. It's like, well, it's not the computer's fault. It's that it's using all of its energy to run these old irrelevant windows. And that's basically what stress is. So Stress is not bad for us. It's not bad for the body to get stressed. It's terrible for the body to stay stressed because not only does that acid start to accumulate, but it's also robbing your brain of all of that computing power that it could have for performance capabilities. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, that's why I meditate, so I can come back with witty retorts when my boyfriend and I argue. Hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly I think that's a totally valid reason to meditate. <laughs> so, what are some of meditation's other benefits besides performance, etc.? Mm, well, something I've accidentally branded myself as is like the meditation expert. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I started talking about. Because to me, performance is performance is performance. You know, whether you're performing on a stage or in a boardroom or in a bedroom or as a parent, it's like we want all of our faculties available to us in the right now. Um, and so I'd say one thing that's kind of fun that no one's really talking about is better sex. Um, and it's for all those same reasons that I just mentioned. Like when the body gets stressed, like part of what adrenaline and cortisol does for you is that if you were to get bitten by that tiger, you wouldn't feel it. You know, like imagine, you, you know, there are people during a football game and they'll break their leg and they're still able to finish the game. They don't even know that they've broken their leg until afterwards. Now that's happening because they have so much adrenaline in their body. So part of what those chemicals do is that it numbs sensation, right? And so sex is a very sensational activity. You know, it's a five sensory experience. And if your body is riddled with cortisol and adrenaline, you're not going to be able to see, smell, taste, touch, and hear your partner as as acutely as maybe we would like to. Mm -hmm. So once we start to eradicate that stress from the nervous system, um, not only do we have more of our senses available to us, but also we start flooding the brain with dopamine and serotonin, which are bliss chemicals. And that feels nice. And so if, you, if you're starting your sexual activity from like a seven, right, then maybe you can get to like a 12. But if you're starting your sexual activity from like a one or a two, then it takes a lot longer and a lot more work to get to a 10. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of different chemical factors at play of why meditation makes sex better. One of them is a phenomenon called mirror neurons, which is basically like our brains have little boomerangs in them. And these mirror neurons, they come out and they dance with each other and then they report back. And so sometimes meditators will report that their, their lovers think that they're psychic or that they just feel like a little intuitive because it's like they can know what the person wants even before they want it. And actually, um, mirror neurons are, it's why porn is a multi-billion dollar industry 
mirror neurons are the thing that allow us to feel like we're having an experience even by watching someone else have the experience. So like if I were to cut myself right now, it might be like, you know, it might hurt a little bit if you were to watch that. Um, and, but conversely, if you watching someone receive pleasure brings you more pleasure. Mm -hmm. So sex can become this beautiful upward spiral instead of a, um, I'll be happy when syndrome. Well, let me just get this thing over with and then I can go back to my Facebook or my Netflix or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, so better sex is one, better performance. Oh, interestingly, a lot of people report um, a big reduction in, in addictions, like in all different kinds of addictions from coffee to cigarettes to pot to sex to... Um, you know, to some degree, like sleeping pills. And, and I, I feel a little hesitant to say, but a lot of people can get off of anti-anxiety and antidepressants. Now that takes some time. And I usually say it's best to work with a teacher and your, you know, and your doctor after like three to four months of a regular practice before you even, you know, think about getting off any pharmaceuticals. But what's been fascinating is that oftentimes people, even in the first week of meditating, they'll say, you know, I just forgot to turn on my coffee machine this week. Or I just didn't want to drink. I normally have a glass of wine every night, but I just forgot to open a bottle. And it's not that they're putting rigid, you know, uh, guidelines on themselves. It's just that their preferences start to change. Mm -hmm. and, and this is to me one of the most beautiful benefits of meditation is that, and obviously I'm biased and I know that this sounds dramatic, but to me, meditation gives you access to the thing that we're all looking for. <laughs> you know, we're looking for this sense of fulfillment. We're looking for this sense of, connectedness mm -hmm. and we're looking for it everywhere that it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, once I get married, once I get this other job, once I hire this new employee, once my company gets sold, once my kids get the F out of my house, once I divorce <laughs> this guy, you know, it's like, we're just putting our happiness just further and further away yeah. and then we die. Mm -hmm. And and that to me is not a fun way to go through life. Mm -hmm. Whereas what meditation gives us in no uncertain terms is access to our bliss and fulfillment in the only place that they reside, which is inside of us. Mm -hmm. And then strange, it's not strange, but it's like once you have access to that thing internally, you stop being under the illusion that your happiness lies on the other side of that next drink or that next joint or that next cigarette or that next Facebook post or whatever thing that you happen to be addicted to. We start to be self-referral for our happiness versus object referral for our happiness. And I think that's just a much more enjoyable way to go through life. Well, I think I'm going to go meditate after this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like, and then I'll have some sex. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit more? I know you touched on it in the beginning of the podcast, but tell us more about your Ziva Mind program and kind of what people can expect and where they can find it. Yeah, so it's um, really easy to just find it at zivamind.com. And I have a few videos on there that go a little bit deeper into the neuroscience of how this particular style of meditation impacts the brain and body. Um, and then if you sign up, then we send you a whole little welcome kit with a guided visualization for better sleep. And we teach you how to schedule, you know, when to schedule the sessions. You'd need about 20 minutes a day for about eight days for the training itself. And then each day you'll have a little homework assignment. Um, so 
and the first day you would choose a mantra and I would teach you how to use it. And then each day, and so imagine that the mantra is like the key that operates the car of Ziva Mind. And then each day there's a little bit more driving instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do some calls. So you get to have some, some Q and a time. And then I really recommend that people join our online community of Ziva Minders because that's a really big and important part of the training. So each day I'm sending you email reminders and email lessons, but the, really it's a video training. And by that eighth day, um, people graduate and they have the practice to take with them for life. And then you're ideally you're meditating 15 minutes twice a day, which I get sounds like a ridiculously big amount of time. But the reality is, here's my new favorite quote. If Oprah has time to meditate, you have time yeah, to meditate. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have time for nothing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or my other favorite quote is like people, and they're like, Emily, I don't have time to meditate. I'm like, okay, do you have time to feel like crap? Yeah, that's that's costing us time too. Um, So, and then after that, you have the practice, and and I teach people how to do it, like as far as exercise goes, and coffee, and when to do it when you're flying, and what about labor, or if you get sick, um, so that people really have you know a really solid understanding of the practice. And then once you go through the program, you don't lose access to it. So let's say in six months, if you wanted to refresh, or if you're like, what was Emily saying about flying, or what was she saying about doing it before bed? Then you have access to that program for as long as the program exists. Mm-hmm. Great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so can you tell us a little bit uh, like more about your background and kind of like, do you have another website where people can find you out? Yeah. So there's also zivameditation.com and that's a, uh, you know, that's a very beautiful window into our whole world. Uh, there's lots and lots of videos. I think we maybe have like 75 videos on there that um, we, it's in the Ziva vault. That's what we call it. Uh, and blog posts and podcasts and articles that I've written. So if people want to just get to know a little bit more about me and my training and, and the style that I teach, that's all at zivameditation.com. And we have like hundreds of testimonials from people all over the world talking about the specific ways that meditation has impacted them. Because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I feel like a used car salesman because I'm like, it does yeah. this, it does this, yeah. it does this. So it's better to hear it from other people. Yeah. Um, and and then you can read a little bit more about my background as well. But yeah, that's just zivameditation.com. Oh, and here's a fun thing that we have is something called the PDM campaign, which is the uh, public display of meditation campaign, um, which I started about four years ago, back before meditation was super cool, basically getting people to out themselves as meditators. So anytime you find yourself meditating on a train or on a plane or in a bus stop, to like, you know, take a little meditation selfie afterwards and post it on Instagram with the hashtag ZivaPDM. And then we have a whole page with like thousands of them from all over the world of people meditating in the craziest spaces. So that's kind of fun to check out too. <laughs> yeah. And you do live events as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I teach in New York and LA um, and I teach usually every other week in New York City. And then I go to LA about mm, every three months mm-hmm. um, and that's, and I teach an in-person course, which mm-hmm. that's like the Ziva meditation course. And that's two hours a day for four days. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit more powerful. Like the mantras are a little bit more powerful. People meditate for a little bit longer and the unstressing is a little bit more intense, um, but, but worth it. And then I'm actually doing my first event. I'm going to Greece in mm, June. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm teaching my first course overseas the first week in June. I don't know if you have people over there, but I'm excited about that. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's yeah. great. Going to Europe. Yeah. So I have a question I'd like to ask all of my guests. Uh-oh. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? Plastic. Mm-hmm. 100% plastic. Um, I mean, I guess you could put petroleum, like all the petroleum products in that category. 
Um, but you know, I was thinking about doing a challenge like, cause we do these diva challenges every week. And I was like, what if we did one day without plastic, mm-hmm. without buying it, without touching it, without it touching our food? Like, I don't know that I could do it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think of attainable, achievable goals. You know, what, what about a half a day? Can we go a half a day without touching, buying or having your food touch plastic? I don't know the answer to that. Um, and I think it's a bit of a science experiment. Um, and I think that sadly we don't know the full effect of what it's doing to us. And then, you know, I also read this kind of terrifying thing that by 2050, there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than there are fish. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had not read that statistic. That's frightening. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I don't, to be honest, I have not fact checked that, but I was talking to my husband about it. I was like, well, let's say it's wrong. Let's say it's even 50%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say 50% of the amount of fish in the ocean, well, we have that much plastic. I think even that is a big time crisis. Yeah. And, yeah, and to be honest, like I'm not smart enough to figure out how to solve it. I don't know how to solve it, but to me, we, we have to stop moving away from these products that are contaminating our food and our bodies, eating and drinking everything out of plastic and then wondering why we're getting cancer when we're 40 years old. Um, so it's something I'm becoming increasingly aware of, but I think it's, it's number one. Because even if it's not impacting your personal health, it's impacting the health of the planet, which is impacting all of us. Yeah, and the phthalates that are a chemical in plastics, they're present a thousand, you know, a rate of a thousand times more than other chemicals in our body. It's the most common chemical in them. And that's why I'm such a big advocate of infrared saunas, because you have to sweat these chemicals out of your body. And you can, you can sweat that and any kind of estrogenic chemical out of your body using a sauna. And that's how people are going to protect themselves from cancer and other disease caused by these estrogenic chemicals. Wow. And toxic weeks, I don't know too much about infrared sauna. Is that, is that something you have to have in your house? Can you go places and do it? Ideally, you want to have one in your house. You know, when you're first starting a detox program, you've never used a sauna. You need to do one, you know, five, six, seven days a week for two to three years. And then wow. after that, you can do it a couple times a day. So you can go to a facility and do it, but definitely mm-hmm. more economical, financial and time-wise to have one in your house. Okay. Thank you for that. I didn't know that. (laughs) I have a lot of info on my site on live2110.com about infrared saunas. Okay. Thanks. And I'd love to share it with our, with our people as well. Oh, great. You're fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. That was so good. I'm feeling very, very inspired to get really, you know, hone in on my meditation practice. I can kind of fall off the wagon sometimes, but I always get back on. So thank you so much. And that's the key. Just start again. You know, no guilt, no beating yourself up. You just start again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to live2110.com and my new healing and detox website, mineralpower.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.